Do you have a cold too? I'm getting over it. Yeah, oh. I, I told you that. Oh. We two weeks ago. Maybe that's the one I have. No, no, that can't be it. I no, no. What is up, everyone? What is up? It is the time of the season. It is uh, Nick Vemba. Welcome to Dutch Nick Vemba. Yeah, we're going Dutch this Nick Vember. For more reasons than one, we're going to split this up between the two of us. It is me, Nick, and that is Steven Ramirez. Hey, folks. How's it going? And we're here to do the podcast, Real Rod in the Movie, podcast where you watch movies underneath 25% of Rod Tomatoes. Oh, by the way, Nick, you might want to take a look at this right here. Take a look at that. And why don't you read that? Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh. This, this is my bill of friendship for the year. Uh, we're going Dutch. Split in 50-50. The way it's always been on this podcast, uh, sometimes help from other people, but not today. We've been talking about it for years, actually. Years. 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 Literally years. years. Literally years. I've, Months. I've watched this movie uh, four times over the years to prep myself for today. Yeah. Today's the day. Oh, yeah. Well, well more... more... Less prep and more. Um, eh, let's just not do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, that's right. what it's more uh, I think uh, I think every time we've uh, we've just decided to bail on it, we haven't uh, really got the feeling. But today we're gonna do it. We're gonna do the podcast, the, the what I'm gonna call the least listened to podcast that we've ever done. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty family oriented. It's pretty uh, uh, friendship oriented. It's pretty uh, it's pretty personal. For not not for anyone else, but the the two people in this room. Yeah, so I think that we're going to be able to say whatever we want in this episode, and there's not not another soul is going to hear it. So that's pretty exciting for us. Death to the Caucasian. So we're doing the movie Dutch. Dutch. It's a uh, Thanksgiving classic. Oh, it's not Dutch. I thought it was. Oh, Dutch. it's Dutch. Dutch. Like no, du- like Duke. Like Dutch. Where's my car? Like El Duce. Oh, Duce. El Duce. Oh well. I'm gonna have to rewatch it now with that in mind. <laughs> so I'll be back to. in an hour and forty-seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, but but let's t- let's talk news first. Yeah, movie news. Uh, there are there's two things I want to talk about. Number one, Ridley Scott said that the last duels box office was killed by millennials because of their phones. Disagree or agree? Uh, Is that a fresh take or a rotten take? New game we just invented. <clears throat> I mean, R- Ridley be staying rotten nowadays, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say rotten. It's it's not a very nuanced take. And yeah. For a guy that wants to be nuanced in his art, uh, he's being very very uh, being very uh, uh, dad on Facebooky. Right yeah, now. that that's exactly right. Don't he's, he's not that. gonna be so nuanced with his next movie coming out, which is House of Gucci. House of Gucci. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, yeah, take a look at this uh, dramatic uh, reinterpretation. Uh, of real Rich quick, Fashion to, Fashion. real quick, tomato meter. Uh, House of Gucci. What what's your guess? I I already looked it up earlier. Uh, I to, uh, high sixties. See what you got? High sixties. Since it takes place in the 60s? No, it's yeah, yeah, 80s. That's, that's 80s, right? logical, logical. 67. Hey, I was right. There you go. Hey. Good job. You won this game of Tomato Meter, a game we played uh, for about 50 episodes, 60, 75 episodes. <laughs> Number Wait. two news. I uh, just read about this movie that's coming out called Santa Inc. on yeah. HBO Max. Yeah, please enlighten uh, the audience. I could only read the synopsis. I had before, to, re- uh, I had to read it, and we're going we're gonna to read it verbatim. The war on Christmas is starting early this year, folks. Giant letters blasting 
from the creators of Sausage Party cover the screen as if Santa dropping F-bombs and elves flashing green titties wasn't enough of a getaway this season. This isn't your typical Christmas show. HBO Max recently released the trailer for their raunchy new stop-motion holiday series, Santa Inc., starring Seth Rogen as the big man himself and Sarah Silverman as an elf named Candy Smalls with the big dreams of becoming the first woman Santa Claus. So, yeah, I think this lore has already established that um, that Santa is an elf. Yeah. Right? right? He's, he's not a human being. He's an elf. I think so. <clears throat> so my, my other question but is... But it's Jewish Seth Rogen who's always wanted to play Santa Claus. Jewish pretty, Sarah Silverman. Has nothing, yeah. I don't know if that has a lot to do also, with that. I don't know, but yeah. the uh, <laughs> I, I just saw San, Seth Rogen tweeted it, and he said, the one thing this Jewish boy has always wanted... Is to, to be, be Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I think that's a relevant statement. Um, um, what I had another do remember, question. Do you remember? Did we watch Sausage Party together? I think we did. I did not. I did not see Sausage. You Party didn't see it ever. No, I've only seen clips. You know who I saw it with? Uh, my little sister. Uh, shout out to Annie. Uh, shout out to Annie on the pod. Big Ann. Uh, we saw that. Did you, have you ever seen it? Mm-mm. Oh. <laughs> Okay. No, sir. Then I have I no interest. Then I'm, I'm not going to ruin the ending. <laughs> I mean, you. I know just what happens. The, just I, on the off chance. It's a giant food orgy. Spoiler yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. is a giant food orgy, and it's, it lasts minutes long. Yeah. And uh, watching that with the little sister is, you know. It's a bit uncomfortable. Not really the holiday spirit. Is she know. an elf Lost or a it. woman? I don't really understand that synopsis, but I think I'll tune in. I mean, we got no choice. It's, we're sort of a captive audience. Christmas uh, season is on its way, so yeah. uh, get in the holiday spirit, folks. Yeah, obviously. Uh, get ready for our holiday spirit. Yeah, uh, approaching you uh, uh, twice, maybe thrice this yep. season. We'll we'll see. Uh, we're kicking it off with uh, with uh, a not so holiday movie, but it's it was it was released on holiday, so so we're counting it. Yeah, and it's the um, the eightieth anniversary. Can you believe that? Mm-mm. Of the attack on Pearl Harbor. So we'll, we're going to commemorate that with the uh, legendary historical drama, Pearl Harbor. We've always been worried about that. <laughs> but well, it'll go away. We, it'll yeah. go great. It'll yeah. go great. Yeah. We're not going to worry about it, just like the FBI didn't worry about the Japanese in 1941. Well, this is actually um, the first uh, episode of the holiday season. We're doing Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, and it, and it is Dutch. Uh, so, you know, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get a little taste. Only one thing can control a kid as obnoxious as Doyle. And he just walked in the door. I'm a friend of your mother's. I came to get you to bring you home. Okay, sugar, what'll it be? What won't make me vomit? Uh, Nothing burps better than bacon. Disgusting. (laughs) Dutch. See, I'm not such a bad guy, huh? Rated PG-13. Special sneak preview Saturday, July 13th at theaters everywhere. I would have loved to see that sneak preview. In July? You want to sit me, let me watch a Thanksgiving movie in July? Sure. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll bite. Uh, 30 years ago, Dutch came out. I was born in 1991. Oh, that explains a I lot. I wish. Yeah, that explains a lot. Like Cl- Clarissa. And 17%. I, I know you didn't get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> yep, a little too old for me. 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, 62 audience percentage. I don't know how fresh this audience score is. Uh, I've, I believe the last person to, to rate this on Rotten Tomatoes was probably when Rotten Tomatoes started. Yeah. In like 2009. I like that. Yeah. Well, I, that's... Uh, it. Had the uh, 
audience ratings come out at the same time in 1991 probably would have been higher i could i could see this movie doing uh fairly fairly decent uh, audience numbers oh well, we'll see back in 1991 you know we'll, we'll talk about that as well um uh what's the blurb nick once you once you give us yours i'll first. give you my blurb the uh, the acting is only a little more uninspired than the screenplay which is directed without shame or flair by peter Feynman of crocodile dundee yeah i believe this is uh one of two movies that he did uh, it was crocodile dundee and this movie and uh he died shortly after so oh, <laughs> i think wow. that was uh this was his last film before uh either he died or, or he never worked in film again oh r.i.p to our boy uh Maybe. well not he's not know. our boy because he's 50 50 he's 50 percent well he's only, 500 he's only done three movies he produced uh fern gully oh he was a producer on yeah uh, fern gully you know crocodile dundee has a lower audience score than dutch shocking uh, I people feel like, like that's o- some, people that's, don't like Australians. That's is Australian that, that that slander. That's what it is. I people, think people are so upset that Australia got uh got uh cucked. I thought by, people loved that movie. No, Australians got cucked by the by their own government, uh, and so all the right wing people are <laughs> are negative bombing uh, Crocodile Dundee Dundee now out of protest, saying uh, you don't deserve anything. Oh, he's good. from Australia. Okay, yeah, Peter Feynman's Australia. Uh, he is. He's alive still. He's alive, but his career ain't. I'll tell you that much. That's street. <laughs> Nor, nor, not more career. What? Yeah, that's what the. Have you seen those those TikToks now? Everybody's just doing for Australian. Nor, N O I R. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's what they're doing. No, noir, noir. Yep. Uh, yeah, you you really need some work. <laughs> no, that's what uh, I'm doing. Speaking of speaking of a piece of work, uh, Janet Maslin of New York Times said, "If a film like earthquake? this, like you feel that earthquake." <laughs> If a film like this is to be funny at all, it had better work when the warring principals still hate each other, before the rich boy is shown to be a sweet kid and the whole story turns to mush. Hey, Janet Maslin, how about you go fuck yourself and live your live in your own little fantasy world like Doyle did at the beginning of this movie? Because uh, they don't have to make a movie that way. Yeah. They can, they can make a movie with a happy ending, and it's yeah. called uh, John Hughes' Every Movie He's Ever Made. Yeah, why don't you take some New York time off the Know off, your audience, off, Janet. Off the job, yeah. John Hughes does. Go hang out with the people of uh, sub- suburban in Chicago. That's how you got to get to know people. Yeah. You Modern gotta, era Dan Fogelberg knows his audience. You got to be 30 miles out of Chicago. That's how you get to know the real people. Yeah. Sherman, Illinois. Shout out to Sherman. Uh, notable critic, uh, of course, uh, our, our guy Raj uh, uh, took a stab at it. What he did. He, say? he said, Hughes has written and directed and produced so many of these films by now that perhaps we can forgive him for beginning to repeat himself. So, so yeah, I didn't realize this because it was... Uh, so this is a John Hughes movie. A little bit above our age. Off yeah. the top. Yeah, yeah. Before, we, yeah, before we get into it any further, this is a John Hughes film, uh, albeit one of, his, uh, one of his lowlights. Looking into his career, I thought he'd have a lot more highlights. He doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of highlights. He just has a lot of uh, uh, um, quintessential films. But uh, his highs are high. Yeah, the, he's got the highest of highs, but his lows are are not even low. They're just like very, very middling. A lot of mids, yeah. Um, and I don't know if that speaks. I, I don't think know it if speaks that speaks to the genre more than anything that he writes in. And that like if if you write something good, it stands out. If you write something middling, it's just that. But it's you just... know what a John Hughes film re- is right off the bat. Like you have a lot of sweeping aerial shots. You're having a lot of doo wop music, which apparently he grew up in the '60s. A lot of needle drops. Yeah. Yeah, big, big, uh, big doo-wop guy, John Hughes. Uh, you're having, you know, family, I- internal family issues that only fa- that only families in the Midwest really deal with, especially when it comes to distance. Yeah, and being far away from each other. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it just w- doesn't happen on, white, on both white coasts. people stuff. Yeah, 
Yeah, white white people problems. Um, but you know, we're gonna do a top five John Hughes later in the episode, so stick around for that. Yeah, this is, I think this is the only one we're ever gonna do. No, because we can do Drillbit Taylor. We can do. Um, he did like three or oh, four. Oh no, movies. we did. Uh, we already did Flubber. Yeah, we already did Flubber. Like he he's had, he's got three or four, not great films. Well, the other ones are Baby's Day Out. And, Baby's Day uh, Out. Yeah. Baby's and, Day Out. I was thinking about that. Uh, Curly Sue. You know, those are the other two maybe. underneath that we we don't really want to get into. We would do into. top five baby movies if we did babies. Yeah, the, the one real. I'd really want to get into would be Dennis the Menace, uh, the OG Dennis the Menace. With that's twenty seven, that twenty seven. But that movie was that's a Hall of Famer. That's a good movie. Yeah, Christopher that's, Lloyd's uh, Christopher Lloyd is fantastic. just fantastic in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, fine. We'll do John Hughes then. Uh, cut all this out, Kyle. We're cutting all that out. <laughs> it's like he's here. Uh, the release date was oh man, I just nothing burgs better than bacon. Oh, there you go. Save that. Save that caption. <laughs> July nineteenth, nineteen ninety one. They said it in the fucking. Commercial. I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't know why you would release this movie in July. Maybe, it, maybe August. Maybe August. No, not this July. is this is early November all over it. Did they not want to hang out with the other big big boy movies? Is that what happened? They thought it could contend with the big boy movies no, in July. The the blockbusters. Yeah, I, I don't understand. What Why released in July that? 1991? I'm pretty sure Terminator 2 did. I'm going to look it up, or you look it up, and then uh, and then tell me what released in November. And I want to know where it fits better in. It was also rated PG-13, 107 minutes long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let, let me release this movie the same time as Point Break, The Silence of the Lambs, uh, Cape Fear, Boys in the Hood, Hot Shots. Uh, and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Okay. Okay. Tell me now tell me what came out in November 1991. Gimme. But hot sh- Oh no, here's here's the first six that you said are automatically those like, what, no that's chance. what that's what came out in in the year. In the year ninety. But in July, the biggest movies that came out was Barton Fink, Hot Shots, uh a Mel Brooks film, V.I. Warshawski, which is a Kathleen Turner film. Uh and oh Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Okay, so this movie could have competed in that in that category. Sure, that was a, that's a weak month. That's a, that's a weak July. So that's probably why they they're like, let's throw this John John Hughes movie in July. I mean, even though it's a Thanksgiving movie. Sweet November. Here we have Sweet November. Sweet November came out in November. Yeah, nineteen ninety one. No, it didn't. <laughs> no, two thousand one. Uh, beauty. <laughs> I'm saying it's a Sweet November because you had Beauty and the Beast. Oh. You had My Girl. You had Samurai Cop, which is a future contender. Adam's Family. For the boys, the the the, the Bette Midler film. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Cape Fear. Cape Fear. Uh, you had a. Uh, 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 De Niro's fifth nomination. Just looked them all up recently. Yeah, that's about it. Um, it could okay. It could compete against that November slot, especially if you had just recast Macaulay Culkin as the main kid. You could have doubled ooh, up on on a My Girl Macaulay. Yeah. It could have been Macaulay November. You know, by then maybe. Fun uh, fact about Macaulay Culkin: he uh, changed his middle name to Macaulay Culkin, so now he's Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin. Uh, Runtime: one hundred seven minutes. Would you ever watch this movie in July, though? No, it would never. No, why would it's a any John? Idea. Why would any John Hughes movie even come out? It's a in fall film. Aren't they all like fall films? They all they, they all, all have take like, place in like September. They're all like fall Chicago films. Yeah, that's all I think of. Yeah, making Just that Illinois noise. Pushing Illinois. one more month, even I don't know. They yeah. could have done better. Yeah, it was really dumb. Uh, what was more? What was even more dumb though was the uh, the runtime. The what an atrocious runtime. This felt like a two and a half hour film. It did. Well, and it was an hour forty seven. It was about like three hour forty seven. Actually, an hour forty because there there's a crazy amount of credits in this movie for yeah. some reason. Yeah, 
but still in hour 40, there was three or four. There's four scenes I can think of off the top of my head where I'm like, you could have cut five minutes out of that scene. At sequence. least three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about them for sure. I just don't know. The, everything kind of dragged on. It's like they didn't really, they, they were scared of going too short. So they did every scene a little bit extra long. And then. By the time they finished it, they're like, "Oh, you can't cut anything out." It made of that. the it made even the jokes drawn out. You the, know? Yeah, it just, yeah, it just didn't help. It didn't help this movie. If this whatsoever. movie moved a little bit quicker, that would have improved. Give me it a ten lot. minutes less. Ten give minutes less a, was all. Me, it, we, we always make the joke that ninety is the perfect time, but for this movie, ninety is perfect time. Cut that yeah. seventeen minutes off, and you're that's even a, ninety. Maybe that's actually too long. a good movie. You give me Th- hour twenty. This could have been an 80, 86. 84 minute run, and yeah. and good, and a good eighty six. Mm-hmm. Like a tight, just non tight. Yeah, very, uh, very not loose. Uh, taglines. We're just we're just going like a, a step below each rung of hell at this point because these are really really bad taglines. Tagline number one: They're the best of friends, and they've got the scars to prove it. No, not really. Yes and no. I guess the movie explains that, but that's really dumb. And this this nonsensical sentence. Can a big kid bring out the child in a little jerk? <laughs> what does that even mean? Both of those don't make any sense at yeah. all. <laughs> if I was reading those on a poster, I would have no clue what was going to happen in this movie. Yeah. It, it, you're looking at it, and you're looking at Ed O'Neill, and you're looking at Ethan Emery of, like, which is the big kid in this? I think they're both, but who's the little jerk? Yeah. It could be Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. I got mine. I got mine. Tag, you're it. He's a dick. He's a prick. Who wins? Uh, I can, you want me to punch it up a little bit? (laughs) Yeah. That third sentence, which one will stick? Oh, yeah. I should have gone for more rhyme. Yeah. Which one will stick? (laughs) Comma, around. (laughs) (laughs) Dad! (laughs) Dad, where are you? (laughs) That We'll talk about it. Keep going. What's your Uh, your tagline? My tagline, uh, split this difference. Yeah, I'm going Dutch. Yeah, I get it. Split Dutch. Yeah. yeah. That's really dumb. This ain't your father's Denmark. <laughs> hey. This isn't your this mother's Denmark. No, this ain't your this ain't your mother's Holland. Or this ain't your daddy's Holland or something like that. <laughs> Has to be like Netherlands or Holland related. Okay, fine. Idiot. I thought what's what's da- uh, Danish. 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 Yeah, you're right, you're right, to you're be right. Dane. To be a Swede. Here, to Kyle, be Nordic. I'm, gonna, Kyle, I'm gonna say the word uh Holland and then just replace that. <laughs> Holland. Holland. Thank you. Plot keywords, prank, road trip, divorce, working class boy. All makes sense. I would, we should play a game, one of these, one of these episodes where we, we take the five plot keywords and make a movie out of it. Yeah. As a, uh, as a, as a game. Mm, that's a, good a prank, road trip, divorce, working class boy movie. Yeah. That could be a good movie. That's if like you, 13 you a, movies I've seen in my life. If you got in an elevator and somebody told me that, they're like, it's a prank, road trip, divorce, working class boy movie. I'd be like, this is gonna, this could be a hit. This At least in like uh, middle, I'd, middle America. I'd be a little nervous just saying like, but what kind of boy movie are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like that's the only word that throws me off is boy. Uh, what if it's B-O-I? What if I told you it's B-O-I? Boy. Even, even more questions. <laughs> it's your point. Well, first the budget. We oh, already yeah, we already kind of talked about it. It only made four point six million. Yeah, a the seventeen gross, million dollar budget. Not a good gross. Bad gross. Real bad. Gross. So there's a flop. This was a flop. Uh, John Hughes, his one of his biggest flops at the time. Yes. Yes. Uh, Between that and we're having a baby. Yeah. Yeah, because the only bad movie John Hughes had made before this was Curly Sue. Mm, Curly Sue. Drake. Yes. <laughs> How much money do you think this goes up if it released in November? The, early November. Early it, November. It boosts up a mil. 
too. At too, least, no. at least. Especially if you're releasing Especially it during, you, uh, you, during the holiday. Maybe you send your kid to go see uh, Beauty and the Beast. You 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 saunter over to Dutch because it's shorter run time. I'd bring the kid. You'd still pick him up. I'd bring the kid. And you Dutch. could still bring the kid. It's, or the like kid. the parent that doesn't want to take their kid to see an animated movie. They're like, hey, I got this other movie you should see. It's PG-13. It's John Hughes. How could bad could it be? So you, ha- you had a relationship with this movie, right? You you had seen it as a kid? No. No. I, I honestly did almost voluntarily watch this in college and thank God I didn't because I would have not remembered this movie whatsoever. Yeah. That's the only relationship I have with Dutch. I wonder who saw this movie as a I kid. I saw North. Maybe that's what you're thinking of, which is also a future contender. I think that some some this movie was a uh uh yeah. This is this is a very North movie. I think of North and 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 Dutch and they could be interchangeable because uh, the poster looks the same. This movie is probably really important to a couple people out there and I really feel for those people. Yeah. It could be tough. This it gives me a, a big Father's Day vibe, the Robin Williams Father's Day that we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just trying to fit in, sort of. Where thing. you're just like, they chose something, went for it, just weird enough to where a couple people are going to be into it, but then the rest of everybody is going to be like, Ugh. but but Roger said it best. It was just too similar to to other films that John Hughes did. It was just like it's it's not it's not it's not unique to stand out in its own particular way. It's just, it's just a, a blend blended right in movie of, of, of the early nineties. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's an easily forgettable movie. Like it, it, I hate to say it, but there's not many memorable parts in this, not many, many memorable acting moments, not any memorable comedy moments. Well, did you remember the, uh, the piano in it? <laughs> no, well, why'd you tell me about the piano? Well, because apparently Oscar winner and Grammy winning producer uh, Quincy Jones actually attended oh and was part of the goodness. recording sessions with Alan Silvestri. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and even played the piano on a few tracks. <laughs> <laughs> that is just wild stuff. Uh, yeah, so Alan, Alan and Quincy are just friends. Is Alan a top five for- film scorer of all time? That- According to Kyle, yes, he is. I don't know if he is. He's, he's I think got, I can name five other better composers. He's got name recognition at the very least. I mean, Battle of Menti, uh, uh go, goes over his head. So if you're a, uh, if you're a, I listen to a podcast, uh, I'll give it a promo that nobody will care about, but uh, Who Weekly, where they do Who's and Them's. The Them's are uh, uh, famous people that you know their names. Who's are Who Is That. So film scorers, Who's and Them's. Who? Is Alan a Them? Or a who? He's a them. He's not he's a, a them. Who. I think he's a film scorer or them, which puts him in. Pretty, he's on the top ten. He's just yeah, not the top five. Yeah, pretty good class though. In that he's in, in that, a good class. He's right you, there. If you know he's a right film there. scorer's name, I think he's in. He's in. Yeah, yeah. Or I'll, she, or she. Yeah, they, they, them. Um, man, what's the what, who's the composer for Joker? Because she was really good. She's uh, got a Hungarian still a who, still a who, but she's working on. She's it. got she's a Hungarian on. name. Yeah. She, uh, she, another trivia. We'll get to the first, my favorite one later. But the first one is. Doyle uses martial arts on Dutch in the movie. Although in real life at the time of filming, Ed O'Neill had been training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. O'Neill uh, received his black belt from the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Academy in 2007. Yes, uh, weird but true, um, uh, Al Bundy is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He strikes me as a good jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah, knows his shit for like, sure. Real, probably real strong, real quick with his hands. Like strong in, in that he, he can... Well, he's very tall. 
So he's very long and limber. So he uses his limbs like as as leverage points nonstop. And and he does the gi jujitsu. So you're grabbing. Uh, it's like you're in a karate suit mm-hmm. when when you're doing jujitsu. So he's grabbing collars. He's grabbing the pants legs, and he's maneuvering that way. It's old man jujitsu. You're allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. Anything's anything's fair in that. Yeah, you 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 can choke somebody out using their own like lapel. Wow. That's why you never get into a street fight in winter with a Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert because <laughs> he will knock you unconscious. That's uh, my uncle uh, always said. Jacket. <laughs> yeah. Your own jacket. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, pretty interesting. All right, let's cut to the facts, man. Peter Feynman, we already talked about, Australian. Australian, who only, did, who only did two two uh, two movies. Directed two movies. He was Crocodile Dundee and uh, in this film. Call that a knife? This is a dick. <laughs> oh, wait, that was more of a... That was New Zealander, right? The Deke. The Deke. A little bit. You're, yeah. You're, yeah, you're right. You're stretching your We're eyes. working on it. We're working on it. Writers, John Hughes. Oh, brother. This guy stinks. Also co-produced it. A notable crew. We already talked about Alan Silvestri. Silvestri. Uh, them uh, in the film scoring world. So congratulations to Alan. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So he gave it the old Silvestri. Acting in it. We got Ed O'Neill in the main part as Dutch. We got Ethan Embry, then Ethan Randall uh, as Doyle. Doyle the child. What do you think of the name Doyle as a child? I love Character name. Probably the... the Doyle the, and Dutch. Um, you know what I enjoyed thoroughly throughout the entire film? The, the, best, the best running joke was uh, Dutch not remembering Doyle's name the entire time. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the best, uh, the best joke in the whole film. So w- Worst running joke was uh, the karate stuff. Yes. Very bad. Very, best running joke yeah. is... Ed, o- Ed O'Neill, I'm not remembering the name. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Doyle, terrible name. Adora rules. Joe Beth Williams played uh, the mom. Joe Beth Williams, uh, famous from what movie, Nick, that you've probably never seen? Uh, aliens. Nope, she was a mom in something. Mr. Mom. Oh, you wish. She was the mom in Poultrygeist. Oh, she yeah. was the former movie star. She's also in uh, The Big Chill. She's in Big Chill with uh, William Hurt. I should rewatch Bald Guys next year for Spooktober. You've never seen it. I'm gonna put. Yeah, I have. No, you haven't. You that was actually it. one of the first movie scary movies I did see at uh, at a school function. Wow. And I was like, I gotta get out of here. I don't especially know. the clown started choking the child. <laughs> yeah, people were like, "Where is he going?" <laughs> well, you gotta go to the bathroom again. <laughs> yeah. You've been in there a long time. Uh, Chris McDonald, uh, typical bad guy, '90s bad guy. '90s bad guy. He. If you're going to be typecast, it's pretty solid. It's Shooter McGavin, in case you in case you need to get educated. As as a bad dad, he he Great he crushes dad. it. He's yeah. he's just the right type of sleazy. Absent, just like all the acting skills in this film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a special appearance by E.G. Daly. E.G. Daly. Also you get to see her face, aka Tommy Pickles. Tommy a- Pickles, aka uh, Pee Wee Herman's girlfriend in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, if we're going back to uh, who them's, I think that she is a, a them of the voice uh, character. Yeah, she's more. a she's a legendary. Yeah, one of the actress. most well known of anybody. Yes. Uh, also, just good looking. Yeah. 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 So she's, good for she's her. Great. She's great. great she's got to go. Also, uh, uh, dated. George Clooney and Brad Pitt in the same year. Wow. Back to back years. I mean, she back knows. to back years. She knows, she knows what she's doing. EJ Lee knows what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick, you want to ex- explain to us the movie plot? Here we go. This is the movie Dutch. Working man Dutch, played by Ed O'Neill, is dating the divorced Natalie, Joe Beth Williams, and he offers to drive her stuffy 13 year old Doyle, Ethan Randall, from his private he school. He was 13. I really thought he was 10. I thought he was eleven. Yeah, but we also—I I'm also terrible at judging kids' mm, age. It's fair. 
From his private school in Atlanta to his mother's home in Chicago for Thanksgiving, Doyle is not interested as he blames Natalie for the divorce and wants nothing to do with his mom's new boyfriend, especially given the man's lowly working-class roots. This pairing makes for a journey filled with bickering, mishaps, and eventually bonding. That's the end of it. <laughs> uh, I'm not hiring you to read my ebook. Uh, there, where's the segue? <laughs> Are you for real? Are you for real? You yeah, for real let's just me? go straight to the... Because there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack. Let's start from the beginning. Who lets a stranger pick up their son? <laughs> yeah. Even Actually, if you dated the dude. Before we get to stranger picking up son, let's go to Chris, Chris McDonald and uh, Joe Beth Williams' relationship. So she yeah. was a bartender. But a bar... bar yeah, not he, even a bartender. She was a bar... Bar waitress. Waitress. Bar uh, cocktail. Hop. Bar Car- hop. Cartel. She said bar hop. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure she said that. I don't know. Got impregnated is. by Rich Kid. By rich kid whose Has parents the, are at the country club. He's yes. going to have the baby to avoid scandal. They get married. Get married. Spend years together. Like a long Ten time. Ten years. Ten years Ten together. years. And then he gets the kid in the divorce. Uh, or she, split, split custody with alimony, one, but, but he has uh, all the power for some. I mean, because he's it rich. has to be part of the prenup. Like you're because he's get, rich. You're gonna get taken care of because you're gonna take care of my son. Uh, because I'm a deadbeat dad. Uh, but you're not getting anything beyond this. Uh, I guess for lack of a better term, allowance. Like yeah. she doesn't even own the house. Yeah, the pa- yeah. the power terms is something I hadn't really seen in a movie. Where it was the, ironclad. The, the male, he he really controlled everything Very about her life. Clad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, th- I guess that was part of it with him being uh, from wealth. And then Ed uh, Dutch is a tow truck guy, right? No, no, no. We don't know Dutch's profession really until know. the very, very end of the film. Um, but he apparently makes makes good money. Um. Is is from a blue collar background, and falls in love with a, a fellow blue blue collar queen in in Joe Beth. There you go. <laughs> so so that it is, and I'll tell you, that, they're cute I mean, together. They're cute to, together. Yeah. I like this relationship. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll tell uh, I'll, I'll I'll spoil what his job is at the end because I didn't notice it until I, I watched it for the third time. What what he fucking does for a living, but you notice it at the end. It's very subtle. It's like a Harold and Maude, very subtle. When uh, he note. hands the well, so he hands the card to the the t- the truck driver guy. Yeah, he hands they the card. They say they say that he's a truck driver multiple times in the movie, but like passingly. But Drives, they, they yes. kind of just say it as like he's a, driven a, lot. a thing he does. Yeah. yeah, he's driven a lot. He talks to people. Uh, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. What does he do? What does he do? He at the end when the family from the homeless shelter drive drives him to Joe Beth Williams, him and Doyle to Joe Beth Williams. They drive past a. Um, a uh, construction area, and it says on the on the sign, Dutch Dooley Construction Company. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's like a big wig. He's construction. a big shot. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, why would you hide that this Fuck entire you, Chris time, Chris McDonald? Yeah. Just because he has money and doesn't flaunt it, then explain why he has money and doesn't flaunt it. Like, like the whole scene, it makes it makes so much sense when it goes when you think back to when they got grifted by E.G. Daily. Like, oh, you had two hundred dollars, but you said we had no yeah. money left. It's like you lied. It's like, yeah, well, it wasn't part of my plan. It's like, <laughs> like what is your plan? <laughs> these are all subtle. These are, this is way too subtle, John Hughes. You gotta you gotta give us more hints. You gotta drop more hints. Give us some more Harold and Mods if you're gonna be if you're gonna be subtle. Drop those little notes. Uh, Let John, me see the tattoo on her wrist. <laughs> John Hughes just making this like a uh, a five a five time rewatchable. This movie is John Hughes's really attempt. <laughs> at this Christopher Nolan watched Dutch and be like, I love all these subtle messages. Yeah. I'm including. He was like, So Matthew, channels. have you ever seen a, a Dutch? And he's like, You're gonna need to watch that. Because it's really pivotal that you're seeing an interstellar. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. that's how you connect with your children. But so right after that, we uh, 
find out that there's this weird power dynamic, but then we meet Dutch, who's who's a great guy, who offers to go pick up her shitty kid from On his, the arm. From like, his no private sweat. school. Yeah, take in work Atla- off. In Atlanta. Yeah, so That's he, a long drive. He flies from Chicago Chris, to Atlanta. Why can't Chris McDonald just pay for the kid to fly? Oh, he because wanna, he doesn't want to know he he's hanging come. around. He doesn't want to come. He doesn't want to come. Yeah, he doesn't want to know he's hanging around. So the plan, apparently, that we're never told or never even acknowledged is Dutch is flying from Chicago to Atlanta, rents a car in Atlanta, or buys a car since he's fucking rich as fuck, and we don't really know about that until the end. Picks up Doyle. You're in drives, construction in Chicago at this time. Dri- You're making fucking money. Drives yeah. Doyle from Atlanta back to Chicago instead of taking a train or a plane back to. Uh, back <laughs> well, to that's because they didn't want to step on the other most famous Thanksgiving movie of all time, Plane Trains and Automobiles, which is another John Hughes film. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> come on, like, we're gonna get into that. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, but still, yeah. Why keep that a secret? Why keep any of that a secret about him having money or him like being okay and like him like his with his plan, like trying to connect with the kid as much as possible? Like, sure, he tries to connect with the kid as much as possible, but that can happen in a two day drive. It doesn't have to be four day drive, you know. Yeah. Well, what what is that Atlanta to Chicago? Is that that's probably a two and a half day drive? I'm gonna look that up. I feel you like it's, that I feel up. like it's a. I feel like it's ninety. It's less than ninety hours. You look that up, and while while you do that, I'm gonna talk about just the drive itself. So here's what happens: if you when you haven't seen this movie, because we know you haven't, it's not streaming. I don't think uh, you can watch it on any um, you know false streamers websites. But they they get in the car. It's a day's drive. It's One a, day? It's 11 hours. Really? It's an 11-hour drive. Oh, wow. This is a two-day movie drive. Yeah. So I don't know where they went from Atlanta. Let's, to, yeah, so let's, th- let's, let's think. take a look at the map here. They went from Atlanta to Tennessee, and then from Tennessee. Tennessee is where the pivotal fireworks scene happens. Let's yes. talk about that break, for a break second. Break this fireworks scene now, which is a great, great comedy. Great uh, comedy. Great silent comedy from Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill goes into a gas station. Ed O'Neill fucking gas let's, station let's slash fireworks stand. Let's just say it off the top. Let's be, Ed, let's be clear. This is a gas station slash fireworks yeah. <laughs> stand. Yeah. Tennessee, hit us up if you got this still going on. Uh, Ed O'Neill works his ass off in this movie. He yeah. he goes for it the Trust. whole time. He is literally like trying. He's he's feeling that there's a there's a charisma gap of like seven hundred feet, right. and he's he's providing five hundred of it as a bridge. He just needs. 200 more feet. That's all he needs. Yeah. Somebody else needs to provide just a little bit of leverage, and we can cross this bridge. We can get to the end of this movie. He doesn't really get that. Some of his bridge planks are a little sketchy, but he really tries in this movie, so we got to give him credit there. We're going to talk about he more. He does. He does a lot. But the fireworks scene is really where he starts to shine. That's where he uh, he buys a bunch of fireworks at a gas station, has them all in a big paper bag, thinks kids love fireworks, which they do. That'll win him over. Yeah, that'll Pull win over him the over. side of the road. Pulls over to the side of the road. Fireworks. In the middle of Tennessee in somebody else's yard. Somebody else's yeah, farm. Yeah. yeah. Just pulls over on a farm, starts playing them off. The silence. Up the road appears. And just uh, like rodeo clown music for like 12 it's carnival minutes. music. It's carnival music. It sounds like. Uh, it, it sounds like. That was, and a lo- that was an insanely long scene. Really? Even with fireworks happening, it's still way too long. I'm not trying to watch five minutes of fireworks on film. Like, I, barely I, watch wanted, that, yeah. I barely watch five minutes of fireworks in real in life. In person. Yeah. From a far, far distance than that. Fireworks are only cool. Unless I set them off, yeah, then they're then they're cool. Yeah. Like that's the only time I don't I don't really want to see other people lighting fireworks off. 
Unless unless it's t- telling people to back up, Terry. Like that's the only time I want to <laughs> back up, Terry. It's the only time I want to watch that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he he gets he gets a little bit on the kid's side, and then then from there it just turns into like the weirdest things keep happening. Yeah, they get in a fight where he says he's not going to get in there. Uh, the kid. Throws the kid out of the car in the freezing cold. Throws the kid outside of the... 50 miles from the motel. So here are the two most egregious parts of the movie. They happen back to back. He throws the kid out of the car on the middle of the highway. Gotta be like 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. In the snow. It is dark in the snow. Makes the kid walk. 50 miles. He says 50 miles. That can't be right. Because that would be like... Maybe it was 15 and he didn't emphasize it. But still. Still, to even, a ratty motel, even, but even, by one, way. even one mile. Ratty is... bar slash motel, so also known probably as a whore house. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most you would make as your your girlfriend's kid walk in the snow to prove a point? What's the farthest distance? Uh, definitely not at night. So this would have to be during the day. Yeah, thirteen year old. Yeah, two and a half miles. I think two uh, two miles is. Reasonable. And it's it's not, still technically child abuse. <laughs> tales te- still technically child abuse, but then again, the laws were broken. It would have to times. be two and a half miles in in um in non metropolitan area. Yeah. So that that would be the limit. But if it was in like the city, it'd be like, all right, fine. You, See you on the opposite side of the town. Take a bus. Yeah, you got options. City's tough too. Well, then because they could go missing pretty easily. They go know. missing in an open field. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're missing so anywhere. He, he, it's all bad. He, he makes the fifty mile trek somehow. He uh, he does figure it out. Gets gets to the hotel, the motel. Immediately gets the keys to go get his bag. Steals the car. Steals the car. Obviously. Puts it in the middle of the road. Doesn't gets know out, how to drive. <laughs> but, but somehow parks it directly in the middle of the road. And then just leaves it. Leaves it for a trucker to just ram halfway through. Just destroy because the trucker then, don't see it coming two miles away. Yeah, and you're just sure. like, this this trucker needs to be held responsible. Yeah. I think I think you're right there. Yeah, yeah he's very in the wrong. That, hold doing. that big bearded guy responsible. Yeah, yeah. Even though. Very dangerous. Had he had to swerve, he could he could have died. Somebody somebody should have died in that part of the movie. Yes, absolutely. They're a very murderous. Do you sequence. think that is tick for tack though? Do you think that is tick for tack? Leaving oh uh, fifty. Let's say let's assume it's only, twenty. Let's assume it's twenty miles. Only if that credit card covers that uh, that rental car damage. That's <laughs> yeah. the only way that'll be okay. Hopefully it's not an Iceland uh, <laughs> credit. Yeah, it's not uh, an Iceland, Iceland insurance situation. Shout out to that uh, rental car company for making serious <laughs> bank. Those those two things happen back to back, and then we still have another hour and fifteen minutes. Left yeah, we're not done. Oh no, we're not done with this journey by a by a long shot. So they take a they take a what they take the train to to Illinois to like Southern Illinois. They get they, the bus to Illinois. Yeah, they get the bus. No, they, they they get the bus. When do they take the train and then get busted up by those security guards? Was that after? The oh, grift? that was after. That was after. It was after the grift. Okay. Yeah. So that they took bus. It took a bus. Tried to, to hitchhike first. Actually, uh, one of the best parts of the movie, Ed O'Neill doing doing his hitchhike fingers, which I which I think about sometimes. Yeah, especially when you're wearing gloves. Yep. Yeah. Makes Ed O'Neill. He strikes me as like a uh, a real winter guy. Like really thrives in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's uh that's uh that's Al Bundy. That's why he fit in so well. He was he he epitomized the blue collar working man of uh, of the sh- Chicago area. The, do you think they rewrote was it, Mary, it? Was it Married with Children based in Chicago? I don't know. Do you think they rewrote it to kind of fit his style? Yes, I believe he he put his own his own pizzazz to it. Since, yeah, because if, if it was a John Candy led vehicle, if it was a John Hughes led vehicle, I mean, if John Hughes John Hughes's original writing was probably not <laughs> right, Ed O'Neill type, but like along the same lines. Yeah, Chicago. 
Um, yeah, no, no. Uh, he, he gave it his own little twist to it, especially because uh, around this time, Married with Children was was taking off like gangbusters. Yeah. You know? So there's a lot of child abuse happening in this movie <laughs> from start to finish, basically. I mean, I mean, it was in the 90s. I mean, literally from start to finish, it was child abuse happening. But also the child abused him a lot. Yeah, he reciprocated. A real real rotten for me moment is how often this kid beat the shit out of Ed O'Neill. Yeah. There's no he way there's no way a 13-year-old can knock a, 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 a man as large as Ed O'Neill out. I mean, a 13-year-old could. Do you really could, think that's true? A 13-year-old this, could. This 13-year-old. Not that 13-year-old. Not that 13-year-old. Yes. Not, not no boy. matter how, it do, doesn't matter how much karate this kid I did. was in middle school with the 13-year-old who had a full-on goatee. So, uh, well, that, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. kid. That, that kid would have for sure knocked the shit out of Ed O'Neill. <laughs> but Doyle, no. Doyle, no. Doyle. That was probably my... Uh, cringe moment every time is every time he pulled out his karate. I agree. I agree. So they take um, the uh, they take the bus, then they get a ride from two uh, ladies of the night. Yeah, two call girls. E.G. Daly and her friend Brock. Yeah, great friend name, Brock. Great name for another... Uh, it was her first name Michelle, prostitute. last name Brock. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they stole her. They stole Ed O'Neill's wallet. I stole his wallet, tried to steal his ring uh, by putting some lotion on the ring, and then the lotion <laughs> got in his mouth. That was really dumb. They like set up scenes, yeah. and then they're like, okay, we need to write some comedy into these scenes. Uh-huh. So me uh, me and an, another friend are writing a, a script right now, and every time we talk about a scene, we're just like, oh, yeah, it's a comedy, and we forget that there's comedy and everything, and okay. that, that kind of feels what this movie was like. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah he yeah, wrote yeah. all the scenes out, and then he tried to insert comedy. It was like... Oh, shit, yeah, we got to put something yeah, funny in those, in. Uh, in those quotes. It was like, insert comedy here. Like they showed it to a, a, a focus group, and then the focus group was like, where are the jokes? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, so shit, the, we got to shoehorn like, these. <laughs> <laughs> we forgot that you had to add jokes. And so every scene had these like really played out things that, that didn't really need to that, be in That were two minutes too long. Made this, yeah. every, every scene was 90 seconds too long. We talked about that, yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of which, um, how many times does Ed O'Neill have to show this kid his ass? <laughs> he, he showed his ass. He sh- I mean, it wasn't his like bare ass, but he like he like just bent over and be like, "Hey, here's my ass. Here is my ass." Like five times, <laughs> and I don't understand why. Was it supposed to be funny? Because it I would mean, only be funny that, if it was gotta, naked. That's got to be a 1991 thing. Yeah, it's like, hey, my ass. I mean, the split pants thing is very like 1930s and 40s, like yeah. very very Three Stooges ish. But but still, like it would have been funny if at least one of those moments where he showed him his ass, he was like butt naked, and it was totally unintentional. Like that would be the only reason. Like if he fell and he split his pants, but he split his boxers. He too. did split his pants after falling in in a way too dramatic of a way. In a very uh, 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 what do you call that? Not a slapstick. A very uh, uh, vaudevillian way. Yeah, vaudevillian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, and then, the, and then the quintessential ending to the film, <laughs> uh, which is which is a freeze frame that never freezes. Yep. Um, From the beginning of the yeah. movie, uh, the the kid shoots Ed O'Neill with, with a, a softer, softer, soft a BB, pellet, a BB gun, BB gun, basically. And uh, Ed O'Neill vows to shoot him back at the end. By the end of the movie, he finally does. At the very end, he pretends to dies. <laughs> He pretends to shoot him, and then everybody laughs a little too hard. A little too hard at the end, including Joe Beth Williams, who would be like, why are you trying to shoot my son right now? Is that a real gun? Call the cops, Grandma. And is he going to propose to her right after that? No, the, I didn't think a proposal was That was, was, that was the setup. It was a setup to make you think a proposal was going to happen. What's he was he going like, to propose with his pinky ring? Like He was like, go get, go get the thing from my jacket pocket. He's trying to set him up to he's shoot him in the ass. He's setting up the kid. So you think that he's setting it up to... to Propose, but really he's just setting it up so he can shoot his yeah, girlfriend's 
Son. Son, yeah, yeah. With a, with a fake gun that she didn't know was fake. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's how people die nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a... So most of the movie was bad, but actually a lot of those bits in there work. They do. Uh, they just they, didn't work all together, I guess is the best way to there put was, it. Yeah, there was like... Uh, what's what's the word? It was like... Uh, it was uh, Disjointed. Disjointed. Circumvential. A roller coaster, <laughs> roller coaster of goodness. I don't know about that. Up and down. Sure. Yeah. Know, up, it, and up and down. It was a very up and down journey. An up and down film. Speaking of the ups, though, what were some? Uh, what's what's a real good thing you like? Even though it was it was sticky, um, most most of the uh, O'Neill physical comedy, specifically the facial expressions, which he made famous on on uh, Married with Children, translated well in this film. Uh, the whole the whole scene of like pretending to cry. The him him singing that went on too long too. Yeah, it did. It did. The one and a half minutes too long. Yeah, yeah. The I'm so lonesome I could cry sequence was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Him getting like knocked out, uh, pretending to be knocked out. He was very, uh, very good at. Um, I don't know. Crushed it. I think he really did good in this. Movie. He did as good as he could. I don't he, know if he crushed it. He did as good as he could. He did as he he did the best he could. Yes. Yeah. Out of the, out of that situation, that well, they're like they it. brought him in. This is your role. He he yeah. did. He went above and beyond in that way. His, it's unfortunate that it was this movie that they tried to like lead him. His physical be, like, comedy was him. good in the movie. Uh, I'm gonna say if you're trying to hate the hate the kid in the beginning of the movie, John Hughes crushed it there because <laughs> you yeah. really hate this kid in the yeah. beginning of the movie. What a piece of garbage! Here are the things that this kid does in the first 16 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Number Karate one. by himself in the gym. That's, yep. Let's get that out of well, the way. Well, no, that's near the end. By himself in the gym, he's doing his kata. First up, he gets a call from his mom. The other kid who takes the call for him. Fellow member of the boarding school. Fellow kid takes the call for him at the boarding school. Goes upstairs. He says, Doyle, hey, your mom's on the phone. Your ma is on the phone. Answers the phone to his mom. Says, yes. What do you want? Yes. She's like, hey. Hey, yo, what the fuck? She's like, oh, you're going to come home for Thanksgiving. And he's like, no, I'm going with dad for the umpteenth time. He uses a lot of big words the whole time, which just sounds kind of jerky for him. Yeah. He's doing karate in the gym by himself. He gets the call from his, he calls, tries to call his dad. His dad doesn't answer. Calls his dad's secretary, says, get me the number for him in London. Won't answer. You know what he does? He walks away. He sees a giant po- trash sees can. Sees a janitor. A yeah, janitor, clean it up. A janitor is literally cleaning like a room. Oh, There's man. a giant trash can in the middle. He kicks the trash can Kicks the over. trash can multiple times. If there was one way you need to get a character to be hated is kick kicking over a trash can full of trash while a janitor is cleaning right around it. This is egregious! That was the most fucked up part of the entire movie. I was like, there's nothing this kid can do that can get on my good side. I'll punch that kid in the face I'll never like this kid. I will never like this kid. I'm surprised that Ed O'Neill did. He went so far as to let the kid walk 50 miles, but he should have punched the kid in the fucking face. But I think John Hughes overrode it maybe in that part, or the kid overacted it, but I think we dislike him so much that maybe it it turns us off for like the rest of the Yeah, because you remember what he did, like... 50 minutes ago and he yeah. tries to be half redeeming he's a dick for like almost the entire movie yeah and it's like it, it's not justifiable like there's no justifiable i mean he, like he's, another- a, he's, a, he's a child of divorce sure i guess we'll have to we'll have to say that but i don't know man does but being a child of divorce doesn't mean like you're you're automatically he's so entitled i don't know the entire I don't know. time i can't say that yeah yeah, yeah. it's really tough okay so who worked and who didn't I think we agree. Yeah, I don't need it worked. Yeah, he crushed it. 
He did pretty. He did pretty darn well for himself. E.G. Daly also good job. She did. A, yeah, I just want to give mensch. her. Yeah, a small shout out. Yeah, honorable mensch. Chris McDonald, small shout out too. I mean, he did. He did his thing. You can't he did really... minimal. He did minimal, but yeah. I think his face is just smarmy enough to be good in the movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Uh, worst, worst. What didn't work for you? Is the script. John Hughes. John Hughes <laughs> was the worst part of this film, and I can't can't believe that I'm saying that because for being so John Hughes tropey. It it just didn't it just didn't work. Like you're you're half explaining the the plot A and B to us, and you're never giving us solid resolution. Like it's it's like a think for ourselves movie, which I can appreciate in some aspect, but this isn't that type of movie. Like this isn't this isn't an avant garde movie. Like this is just this is just John Hughes telling you a story about how a, a guy connects with his future stepson or wannabe's future stepson. Yeah, it was too. Almost too heavy, but also too light at the same time. Right. He, he never hit the middle. Like, he never... St- like, with he planes, never, trains, and automobiles. He never got on yeah. a roll. Yeah. With planes, trains, and automobiles, you can't beat that s- sort of movie. Like, that's what makes PTA that 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 much... Not Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, that's what makes the movie PTA <laughs> such a such a distinct and, like, unique movie unto itself. Because it's it's so John Hughes, yet it has that perfect blend of, of, of physical, emotional comedy mixed with mixed with physical and emotional sadness. Yeah. Well, I don't really know because I haven't seen it. What a piece of garbage. That's like the only Thanksgiving movie. You well, know. It's no, like how old people... Well, uh, nobody, always, nobody can, nobody's going to listen to this and nobody knows. Nobody you know, knows. You like, know this is the least people, listened to podcast of our entire career. Old and- weird people. You know how old weird people are all get excited during Christmas time because NBC shows It's a Wonderful Life on, on television. Oh, yeah. That's how I feel with Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> on Thanksgiving? Yeah. It's like, I'm watching Planes, Trains, and Automobiles <laughs> around Thanksgiving time. You know what? I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be alone tomorrow uh, on Thursday on Thanksgiving. You're a piece of garbage because uh, i'm working but uh after work you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna go home it's on amc plus i'm gonna throw on some planes some p some, some PTA. ptas p p's t's and a's p's t's and a's yeah now i get what you're saying you uh, okay idiot. so yeah that's how you make this good <laughs> that's how you, you make it fresh <laughs> you make it fresh by giving me that you're making giving me more planes more trains more automobiles more ways to get home to to chicago the goal of the movie isn't supposed to be to meander about to make this kid like you because it's already going to be hard as it is you drive him home and then you engage with the mom and then you make and you try to make that relationship work at the same time because then you become a tri unit instead of just two unit plus you have the kid have the kid answer the phone with the mom. What and you like, need to do is uh, you gotta communicate with your with your with your stepson. That's me being Doctor Phil. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm me Doctor Filling this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way I'd make it fresh is uh, with the recasting couch. The rumor was John Candy was going to play Dutch. I think you, I don't know if it actually makes it fresh because Ed O'Neill did try his best. We love Ed O'Neill in this movie, but I think yeah. John Candy maybe brings the heart to this movie. If John, yeah, I mean, it's this, it's, it's really missing the heart. That's what that's what this this movie is missing. You caring about anybody? You do kind of care about Dutch. You never really care about Doyle, but it's a kid actor, so you can only care so much about a kid actor. But 
Dutch is the heart of this movie, but he he needed to have a little bit more. But how, at the same time, how could you hate John Candy? How could Doyle eventually you could, you hate couldn't. John Candy? Yeah, like that's an easy win over, is what I'm saying. But so like, like uh, if you had Uncle Buck, it took him how long of the movie to win him? Well, over because he, was, he won him pretty he, quick. Actually. But he was he was disliked because of his aloofness. Like Dutch yeah. is not aloof. Well, and, that, and the kid is hyper aware. So like he's too he's too nice of a guy. I see what you're saying. But but I think it's good. I think it could work. I think it could be. It could be. I'd go, the thing. I'd go a layer deeper. I'd go a layer deeper. If it wasn't if it wasn't made in 1991, I'd say Steve Martin. But he's too old for that role now uh, of being like the stepdad ish sort of situation coming yeah. from behind. But you need somebody more speaking to the blue collarness, yet still being lovable and likable at the end. And Ed O'Neill, I think, kind of missed the mark in that. But he's still lo- lovable and likable. But I think it would even be more likable. If this was made five years later, and it starred Chris Farley, Chris Farley, he's he's like literal salt he, of the he, earth. He's guy. right in between the Ed O'Neill and the John Candy, yes. actually. And he's like dumb enough to be blue collar, but sort of smart enough to be like Tommy Callahan. Like yeah, Tommy yeah, Callahan yeah. is a perfect role for him because he's dumb enough to to be who he was, but but smart enough to be what he could become. You know. Okay. You know who my pitch is to, you know, is the actual worst part of this movie is the kid. Leonardo DiCaprio. Hmm. Young Six, Leo? 16 at the time. Hmm. 15 during filming. Would it be better with a 16-year-old? Age, yeah. age him up a couple years. Uh-huh. I like that. Put Leo in the role. Leo can play a dick, but then also be real sensitive. And it would make the prostitution story less creepy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think you put Leo in this role, even with Ed O'Neill, preferably with John Candy. Actually, who, do, who, does, Ed O'Neill, uh, who does Leo play best off of? In that situation, it could be the. I'll, I'll do you one I think better. Both guys, Leo or Matt Damon. Matt Damon around that time. How old was Matt? Damon? Family ties. That was around school ties. He's uh. That was right around that time. I think they're the same age. Him and Leo. Um, I don't think who Matt would Damon. match with Leo though? <sighs> I think Leo can do both sides. Leo. Leo would young. work well with Ed. Uh, with Ed O'Neill. Yeah, I think you just replace replace Ethan, Ethan Embry, Embry with yeah. with a slightly older. I do Leo like DiCaprio. Ethan Embry though, and it's pre Titanic, so you don't have any like. Preconceptions about this is him. Pre Gilbert Grape as well. He was in that one of those shows. First movie. He wasn't even in a movie. His first movie was Critters Three. Oh yeah, he was in Critters Three. In uh, as Josh. So yeah. this would be his first movie. This is a great first movie for him. And great then he does movie. This Boy's Life, Growing Pains, right after. Growing Pains is Growing right. Pains is a show so he's this, in. Yeah. So this is Growing Pains. Yeah. Leo, Leo DiCaprio. And, I think yeah. you can throw him in there, and he could be could. solid. He, he could be solid. Yeah. If you're gonna, yeah, he'd be he'd be fairly young. Yeah. But who would you replace with a Muppet? Uh, easily replace Doyle with Polly the Crab from Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> yeah. It's a great choice because he's so unlikable, but if, but you could warm up to him, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Wow, wow. He just, his voice is so You good. said it, Long John! <laughs> uh, I would replace all the different... Uh, so the bus driver I would replace with Rolf. The uh, E.G. Daily. Just put them as random. Yeah, put yeah. random, random Muppets. I would have Muppets driving them places. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need more of those movies. More Muppets in the background of things. Just like in, ingrate, ingratiate, uh, or uh, in, integrate. integrate. Integrate Muppets into our lives. Integrate please. Muppets now. <laughs> <laughs> IMN. We're part of the IMN. Uh, do you have any quotes? Um. Yeah, one resonated with me because it defined me from like ages 11 to 15. Uh, it was when the kid asks Doyle if he wants to go to Thanksgiving with his family since he doesn't have a Thanksgiving to go to. Doyle, like, scruffily says no, and then the kid walks out saying, uh, all right, well, have a nice weekend, Ryan, in your own pissed-off world. <laughs> I told that many a time so, yeah, uh, as, a, as a child. Yeah, I'm sure you, you would piece that together. Uh, Nick, you got one? 
Yeah, I had uh, one that actually represents our podcast, which is, uh, do you have a plan? I have a rough outline. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Story of my life right there. Always have a rough out- outline. Fill in the blanks later. Um, I don't know where this phrase came from. I don't know where John Hughes lifted this phrase from, but it really, really confuses me. It, he tells, he's when, when Dutch is talking to Doyle, he's like uh, upset with him, and he says, I've talked to you and talked to you until I can puke coat hangers. What, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. And I, and I looked it up, and the only thing that came up was uh, great Dutch quotes. I was oh. like, oh, that's a great quote from the movie Dutch in 1991. <laughs> so either Ed O'Neill or John Hughes came up with that. I, I don't know where this fr- if this phrase came from. It's I the first to you phrase. I talked to you until I can. Com- until I puke, puke coat hangers. I don't know what that means. I don't know. We're going to leave that in the ether just like this episode. No, I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now right. it's time for the games portion of the sure. evening. Sure. We're gonna do the top five. Top five. Like we said earlier, we're gonna do the top our our personal top five. Top five. John Hughes movies. That's fair. I'm gonna start at number one. We really should do class reunion though because it got zero percent. I'm gonna go number one. Number one right off the bat, or number five? I'm gonna go number one and then count down. Oh yeah, that's fair. Let's do it. Let's do it. Ferris Bueller is my number one. Ooh, that's a really good one. That's like that's a magnum opus sort of uh, sort of film. Ferris Bueller is so good that it's just unassailable. I I did talk. I have a friend who tutors kids, mm-hmm. and he says the weirdest thing is what how the kids nowadays like know some things but don't know other things. Reference wise of like specifically the nineties, mm-hmm. and he said that Ferris Bueller kids all know. Every kid has seen Ferris Bueller for some reason. That makes sense. And I'm like, that checks out because it's a movie that every kid should see. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. I agree. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, you know, we're going number one. Yeah, number one. It's only between. I think it's only between mm. two. It's only between. It could ma- be three. Maybe three. Maybe three. Could Actually, three. three. Yeah, three. Could three. be three. I'm going to say it is Beethoven. <laughs> no. Man, man, Beethoven. I love Beethoven. Uh, yeah, that's the cheap. That's the cheaper by the dozen. Uh, cheaper by the dozen and Beethoven are almost the same movie, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> just because they have the same dog. <laughs> um, no, you know what? You know what's still funny to this day that I'll watch nonstop. It's it. It has to be my number one. And he, this is before he even directed a film. It's National Lampoon's Vacation. Really, number one. Number one. Number one movie. Um, Chevy Chase is an asshole. Uh, but he's so good in this film. Beverly D'Angelo, so good in this Christmas film as Christmas Vacation? Mom. Original. No, the OG. Just the OG. Uh, just, just Vacation. He didn't do... He only wrote uh, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. But, like, if it's the season, yeah, Christmas Vacation, which is on HBO Max, by the way. Yeah. Um, the OG National Lampoon's Vacation is, is so good. It's still so good. It defined me. It defined my humor as a child, because I watched that movie way too young. Um... <laughs> And 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 John Candy's in it. Like that was Levy's in it. That was his breakout, right? Uh, I I mean, mean, he was part of the National Lampoon team. Mr. Mom, Mr. Mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was that. That would mean that was a hit. That was a hit film of the '80s. Like that. That was one of the comedy films that defined the '80s. It's just so good. And I wish he did more in that film. But it was good enough as it is, and it's still still funny to this day. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, sure. What's Great your number pick. two? <laughs> uh, not that. Home Alone 2. Home Alone. The original Home Alone. Yeah. Original Fair. Home Alone started everything. Yep. Oh, well, it started it's, everything for you. It's hard to hard to argue against Home Alone. Yeah. It was the highest grossing movie of the entire year. It played for like 52 weeks or something ridiculous. Yeah, it played all year. 
Yeah. Played from 1990 to 1990. Right when Dutch came out is probably when it left <laughs> yeah, box office. Just an unbelievable uh, accomplishment that Home Alone was able to capture the uh, culture. If if Twitter existed during Home Alone, can you imagine? I think it would have wouldn't have lasted as long. No. Well, it wouldn't have lasted long, but it would have made a lot more money. People would have gotten over it a little bit quicker had it had it existed in like a Twitter universe. Yeah, especially the screaming, the screaming face. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, right. It's it's my number two as well. Legit, so good. Yeah, it's my number two. As and well. just an unassailable uh, a plot c- casting. Unfortunately, low ranked on Rotten Tomatoes. How is it sixty six percent? That's a seventy percent movie top uh, uh, at least. Home Alone. 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. Unbelievable. Uh, 80% audience score. That's a low audience score for Home Alone. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. My number three. All. Number three, Breakfast Club. Yeah, good choice. Just has to be because of time. Yeah. yeah you know, fair. the jock. It, 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 the outcast. I mean, probably defined, uh, it defined high school behavior <laughs> in the 80s. It, like A lot of people like, I'm Ali Cheedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, introduce Ali. I'm Judd Nelson. <laughs> yeah, introduced. I mean, Judd. Judd didn't really recover from Breakfast Club. No, he had that, and then he had New Jack. Am- and Emilio, then he was Emilio got through it. Emilio got Judd through it. Didn't. Molly, Molly Ringwald kind of got through it. Anthony she, Michael Hall went through it very swimmingly. Anthony Michael Hall. He he made he he was actually supposed to play the Emilio part or something crazy, and then you're like, how would that make how, sense? How would that make sense nowadays? Yeah, like thinking sense. about it, you no, know. No, 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 no. Uh, what's your number three? My number three is going to have to be uh, uh, Peace T's and A's, Blaine Strain's Automobiles. Yeah. Um, it is a it is a quintessential movie um, for the holidays. It 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 kicks off the holiday season so well. Um, I never watched this movie as a kid, but I watched it as late teen, early college years, and man, it ma- it just made me homesick. Like it's like oh I I I kind of feel how this guy's feeling like I just want to get home I just want to get home to 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 mom and dad some good home cookings and I have to worry about having having to find quarters to to do laundry <laughs> yeah that was me today yeah it's very dumb uh what's your four four uh I mean. The the make sense pick is Home Alone two, but I'm not going to do it because I already put terrible Home Alone. choice. I already yeah. put I already put Home Alone. Yeah. I think yeah, done with Home Alone's the franchise out. So now it's down to a couple movies because I I actually have a pretty big flubber block. and 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, so, actually, so. Those, those are that's, those two are actually finding out for my five. Oh no way! <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm serious. No, I'm serious. I think those two are excellent movies. So I think number four. You know, so everybody's going to say Six and Candles, Pretty in Pink, Weird Science. Those are all like quintessential John Hughes movies. Yeah. yeah. All of which Fair. are just fine. Just fine. But not for me. I'm going to go Uncle Buck. Because <laughs> Uncle Buck, I grew up I grew up with Uncle Buck. Mm. Uncle Buck was just on TV all the time. And I don't know how I, how I kept catching it, but I just kept catching it. And then I saw it so much that I was just like, oh, Uncle Buck's the fucking shit. Never caught it. And it was just like John Candy masterpiece. The only scene that I know of is when he serves pancakes with the snow shovel. Oh, yeah, great. That's the only... Uh, Excellent part. Yeah, yeah. It's the only dumb, dumb fucking scene I know from that movie. Uh, my number four... It's really tough because I thought I had a four and five, but I, I don't think I don't. I don't think I do now because I, I shoehorned uh, everything else in. <sighs> number four is uh, number four is Ferris. I'm gonna give it to Ferris. You have to put Ferris in your top five. Yeah, yeah. He was it's either gonna be four or five. It's an extremely rewatchable movie. It is, but is Breakfast Club more rewatchable? Is what I'm trying to say. I'm gonna round it out with Breakfast Club though. Okay. Yeah. 
I don't know if it is. I think it's interchangeable. Which and is more rewatchable? I, I, it depends I on think, what you're in the mood for. I think Ferris is more rewatchable because it's less... I don't know, because I could watch the first two-thirds of Ferris Bueller, and then the last third I could really care less about. You know, I love it when he escapes. I love it when, when he goes running, out. When he's running through the yard, though, that's that's a crazy. great last. That's a great scene in the last third. But yeah. like everything else, like I don't care about the singing telegram. I don't care about Rooney going to see the dog. I don't care about Alan Ruck uh, running the car off. Oh my god, it, it gives me anxiety every time because <laughs> like I just can totally resonate with that kid, like ruining a, a perfectly made car. Yeah. Um, but the first, no, like the first two thirds, like when they're at the Cubs game, and then right when they're at the art uh, museum, lose me. I'm lost. Like, oh, I, I, the I, could, I could care less oh, about the God, you got it wrong. Um, <laughs> and then number five is like, it's a totally rewatchable film in the exact opposite way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tall character study. The last last two thirds of that movie is just unassailable. Yeah, yeah. It's, it right, can't miss. Right like, after, it's the exact right, opposite. Right, right after they start smoking, right after they smoke weed, it's just like perfect. Just boom, 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 yeah, boom. Just yeah. like one but the after, first third is bullshit. And then they all, they all do the, yeah, they do the round table of talking, like saying their problems. The whole conversation with the janitor and the principal convinced me not to be a teacher. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, remember you <laughs> want to be a teacher? You got three months off and then you realize you don't get three months off. It's like, oh shit, we really don't get three months off? <laughs> <laughs> What's your five? Uh, my five, I'll give it to... Did you say your four? You said your four. Yeah, I said my four. Yeah. Uh, five, I'm going to do, you know, we've already talked Flubber on this podcast. We already know how good Flubber is. We all love Flubber. Robin Williams. Yeah, sure. Can't hit on it. Okay. But, uh, yeah. I'm right. going to go 101 Dalmatians. I'm going to go number oh, five, yeah. Glenn Close, Killing Them Dogs. Killing Them Digs. Um, no, the animated one's better. Even well, though yeah. Jeff Daniels is in the live action. And, uh, and Emma Thompson? Uh, Glenn Close and Hugh, Hugh Laurie is in it. Mark Williams is in it. What the fuck is Hugh Laurie? Oh, he's Hugh the... Laurie's he's the Jasper. S- he's one of the guys. Yeah, he is, isn't uh, he? Jolie Richardson is Anita. Oh, it's Jolie. That's who it is. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But Emma Thompson's uh, in a. I'll probably yeah. I would put Flubber in my top five, but I'm just gonna throw one one Dalmatians in there because I just. I mean, want, you can I believe just, it as your honorable mention. You could do that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but you could do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, my honorable mention: uh, Weird Science. Okay. Respectable. Why? Uh, watch that film too young as well. Um, I love uh, I love the comedy dynamics uh, uh, that it, that is Bill Paxton and Anthony Michael Hall, um, Robert Downey Jr. One of his very first films. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fan the fantasy fantastical aspect of of creating the a, house party is the house party is wild. Something I always the nuclear remember. missile going through the yep. house like yep. it's all it's all fantastic in in all the in all the weird ways. Hence weird science. It's weird science. That's what they say, right? Sure, exactly. Um, one last game. Uh, give me the prequel, reboot, sequel, Nick. Because I have one. It's already been made. Okay. It's it's the nineteen ninety seven romp road trip, and uh, Doyle is the kid with the guy with glasses in uh, in road trip, the bad guy. <laughs> okay. Who yeah, poison? Yeah. Who almost poisons himself, and then gets bit by the snake, and okay, then uh, yeah, or he yeah, does yeah. poison himself. He's the first to drink the Kool Aid in the cult, and no one else wants to drink it because they don't want to commit suicide with him. <laughs> That's Doyle. He dies by by pretending he's Jesus. Okay, I'm gonna go. You know, a sequel was planned for this movie. Can't believe that it didn't make any money, so they decided not to do I that. I don't believe that. So at I'm all. gonna instead of going sequel, I'm gonna go reboot. I'm gonna reboot right now. Here's here's who's in it. Here's here's all the it's all the main stuff. Director, we got. I need somebody fun, you know, somebody that gets a road trip vibe, somebody that has a, uh, you know, some family chops. Going, Mike Mills. Uh, he just directed a new movie called Come On, Come On. 
which is almost the same exact thing. <laughs> so, so uh, Mike Mills is director. Number two. How is that funny? <laughs> How is he going to make a funny movie? Oh, he doesn't have to make it funny because here, who's, here's who's in the movie. The, the boyfriend, Channing Tatum. Okay. The son, I need somebody 12 to 13. We're Jacob gonna, Tremblay. <laughs> we always go Tremblay. We always go Tremblay. Instead, instead, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna do some. No. The kid from Stranger Things. Oh, Finn Wolfhard. No, no, no. Uh, Mike. No, I'm going Caleb McLaughlin as a 16 year old boy. No, Jupe. <laughs> I'm going Caleb McLaughlin, 16 year old boy from Atlanta. Okay. Going to visit his mom. White. Tanny Tatum is white. Has to get on the... He's a white? Caleb McLaughlin is black. Jenny Tatum is white. Has to get on the good side of this kid from Atlanta and bring him back to Chicago where his mom lives. His dad lives in Atlanta. This is the situation. His dad is played by... Uh, Brian uh, Tyree... Brian Henry No, he, Ty- no he's Tyrell. so soft. He's, Sterling K. Brown mm-hmm. plays the bad dad. He would he would refuse a part at first, but then I'd give him some, some but leeway. But Brian Tyree is in a... What you call it? Widows. Yeah. But Sterling K, I think, is could play I'm like Terry a, Henry, sorry. Yeah, I, okay. All right. I'll, I'll give you Sterling K. And then uh, the mom, who I want to involve in the movie more in the reboot. Let's give it to... Uh, Tandway. Tandway. Tandway Newton. Tandway Newton. Yeah. So that's my new cast. That's my new cast. Tandway. Channing Tatum as a boyfriend. Tatum Channing. Caleb McLaughlin. Tanning Chatham. And... Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. And then K- uh, Caleb Mack. And they, they do the whole road trip. Okay. Uh, sounds a little bit too much like Green Book. Uh, <laughs> so we're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> you vote, audience, what, what uh, prequel or, uh, yeah, or reboot sequel you want to see. We don't know who's going to listen to this, so we all, we all agree. Yeah, no, yeah, someone's yeah. going to tell us. Uh, one of our illustrious guests will tell okay, us. Well, one, one, one person quiz Texas. One person. That's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. the subliminal first, quiz. First quiz. First mm-hmm. quiz. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to ask our guests if they're an active listener. And it's like, okay, well, did you listen to Dutch? Click. Better than the big green. No. Obviously not. Obviously not. Uh, re-rate it. Uh, I'll give it a solid a dozen, 12%. I'm going to give it a 15. Yeah. It definitely wasn't 17% worthy. Um, it I definitely it needed to be seven. lower. It, it, it feels like 17. Actually, I'm going to keep it at 17. For the first time ever, I'm going to keep the rating. First as time as ever for the 10th time. You're going to keep it at the, <laughs> keep it the same. It's 12. It's 12. It, it's 5% lower than... than uh, it's 5% lower than it should be. Okay, sure. Uh, blurb, you got one, Nick? You go first. Uh, there's two things I hate in this world. People are, who are intolerant of other people's cultures in Dutch. It's a playoff of a gold member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dumb. <laughs> Nick, what's yours? Uh, I'm kind of split on Dutch, but I guess that's the point. Hey, you really did it this time. What's your real rec? My real recommendation. I'm going to go with music podcast. Okay. Called Bandsplain. 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 It's a, a a woman in Yasi Salik, and she. Uh, I don't know what that is. That's her name, and she. Uh, oh, that's her name. I thought it was a location. She brings on music experts to explain cult bands. What would be a cult band? Or like icon- question mark in the Mysterians slash iconic bands. So, or it's actually. Hey yo, what the fuck? It's actually pretty iconic bands. Bands like Dave, Dave Matthews. That's a cult band. Now they are. Counting Crows, the Pixies, mm. you know, well-known bands that a lot of people... Like that have a following. 
have a following. Tracy Chapman. Fish. Fish is on there. Okay. Fish has been done. I listened to the Fish episode. Godspeed. Good episode. They got a Godspeed episode? No Godspeed that needs yet. To be she's, only, about. she's only like six, 17 or 18 in. 20 I gotta, in. I got to look into this. It's then. a... It's a uh, Dolly. Dolly's a big cult. No, uh, but they did just do Reba. Oh, yeah. Reba's big, too. Reba's a good one. Yeah. So they uh, they bring somebody on. It's like a two and a half hour podcast once mm. they get once they kind of get their groove going. Right, right, right. And uh, they Sounds play, interesting. And they play full songs. Oh, that's Cause nice. Because it, it's a Spotify talk and listen. Oh. Music and talk or is what they call it. Mm. I don't know. So are, so these fish episodes are like six hours no, long? No, so that, that was the hardest part about the fish episode for that guy. He was, like, he was like, I can't choose any fish songs. So <laughs> so by the end on the very last episode, <laughs> so the last song, they like leave you with the song. And he was like, yes, he's going to let me play the 10 minute song. And he's like, "If or 14 minute song. And he's like, if you're here by nine minutes still, you should really should listen to check fish. out some fish. You should for sure get into yeah, fish. Yeah, because right at nine minutes, it starts getting interesting. <laughs> we should reach out to her and let her know that we're big spaff heads. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. really into spafford. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that, that falls into the, uh, That's the jam band band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Falls into the it, it, jam it, cult. It's a fun podcast. The jam cult. Yeah, yeah of fun. course. Uh, my Real Recommendation, Succession uh, Season 3. Just got, up, just got up yesterday. Didn't, did not catch up. I'm on Episode 3. Yeah. Uh, good, yeah, good, good. Typical good. Uh, white people drama. That's all I gotta say. Really, <laughs> Rich white people problems. Really stresses me out in a lot of ways. But uh, looking, uh, looking forward. This to This season how- seems to be the less stressful. Uh, I feel. To see how it ending. I feel like it's the least stressful. Actually, um, you're right. So far. Yeah. So far. We'll wait to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's like zero, almost zero. Uh, it's all set up. Yeah. I feel like it's all set up. We'll see the last three episodes. Yeah. 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 We'll see. Um, all right, Nick. Uh, we did. We did. Dutch. We did it. The least listened to podcast of our generation. Yeah, yeah. Take that. Taken two. Thanks for joining me. Happy hey, Thanksgiving. Happy uh, Thanksgiving to one and to all. You and your folks. Please enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Uh, I know by the time this episode releases, it'll be well past <laughs> into the holiday season. So enjoy one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. here for the holidays. Enjoy the eggnog. Uh, 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 no place like home for the holidays. For the small days. Uh, and, uh, remember, uh, always keep it real. Keep it real. Keep it. Rotten, and tune in uh, next time where we uh, we talk about another Michael Bay film that just did not need to be made. Belaba, Belaba. What the fuck is up, Kyle? Some films are ripe, some films are rotten. We like our potatoes are rotten. You watch a film, but you can't even. But here comes Nick and Steve, and they break it down, they turn it out. And when it was over, you wanted to shout, "I want my money back." That was real rotten Real fucking rotten